Hey yogis, something that I used to struggle with a lot when I first started my yoga business was pricing out my private yoga sessions. So many of us yoga teachers are unsure of how to create and structure our business. As a new or even as a seasoned yoga teacher, at some point along the journey, you may struggle with where to find potential private clients and what to charge them, just like I did. That's why I created a free tool I call the Price Calculator. In this free video course, you're gonna learn how to reverse engineer your goals in order to figure out how to build and price your offers so you can start growing your business today. I'll show you how to calculate the cost and the overhead of your yoga business, analyze the profitability of a yoga niche, create your own profit margins, and more. Let's align your offer with your ideal yoga client so you can serve at your highest. Go to yogabizacademy.com tools. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash tools. Now back to this amazing episode. For those who don't know you, who may be watching or listening, Lizzie is kind of a Miami yoga icon. And I am Thank so- Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, really you are, you are. I am so excited to first and foremost have you here and also just to call you a friend, a colleague, like someone I can lean on in the community. I think as yoga teachers, we move solo so often mm -hmm. and you build that tribe within a yoga space, which I wanna get into a little bit later. And you've done- such an incredible job at building a community of teachers in the city that support each other. One of the things that you and I share or have in parallel is that we have our careers and the trajectory over the last decade as healers, as movers in this industry has shifted a lot. Mm -hmm. We've taken a lot of twists and turns mm -hmm. and I want to talk about your path specifically because you started off as a Zumba instructor, yeah. right? <laughs> How long ago was that? I love it. It still makes me and other people laugh it's when amazing. I say that. I want to go back and find and those the reason files. I started with that because it was a weekend course and it was the thing I could get certified the fastest in. Yes. And it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. Well, I didn't just decide to start with Zumba. I had actually been going to a studio and the way I found the studios, I was a ballerina growing up and I had just moved back to Miami and was going to start my MBA. And I was looking for a studio that offered adult ballet. And I found <laughs> the studio that offered adult ballet, but they also offered Pilates, which is a main part of my career oh, and has yeah. been for the past 10 to 11 years. And they also offered Zumba. Mm. And it's something, you know, it's, you always remember that one teacher that has like that impact on you whether it's an actual school or anything in life that one trainer boss that one person so that teacher i just remember like seeing her in action first i was loving what i was enjoying with my body finally exercising in a way that i found enjoyable and not just doing something because i felt like i had to and i just was enamored with like the life i saw she was leading and teaching and making an impact in people's lives and i just decided i wanted to do that but the pilates so i kind of signed up for both pilates and zumba at the same time mm -hmm. But Pilates was a year-long process. It is a very lengthy process. Yes. So I was just able to do Zumba and start doing that faster mm -hmm. than Pilates. And at the same time, I started teaching ballet to younger girls just to start building. Also, like, filling my schedule, right, to make some kind of income. You know, I came here. I had left my job in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I came here. I was going to start my MBA. And I really didn't have, like, my direction as far as where I was going next. And then after a period of three months, I was like, I kind of think I want to do this. I want to teach. But I also know if I want to do this, I need to start building some kind of schedule. And all I was trained to teach at that moment was ballet. So I did do a lot of that. I did some choreography work. And then I worked on my certifications. Mm. And then Pilates. Pilates gave me such a strong background in anatomy and working around injuries, yes. which I feel like has definitely still to this day supplemented so much of my growth in yoga mm. because of Pilates. I love Pilates so much. And it, I think it having that common background as a dancer and then moving into the world of Zumba, which is just so fun. Mm -hmm. But Pilates is, to me, it's, and it continues to be, even though I don't teach it, it is, it's like the foundation for me. It is, mm -hmm. it's so beautifully structural and very much healing. And I think everyone should be doing Pilates. Every single one of my yoga clients, I would say like, please get into a, a Pilates class, work with someone one-on-one. -on -one. 
it is yeah such a beautiful compliment to what yeah, we do not, as yoga teachers and not to jump ahead to like but i knew when opening a, a yoga studio i was like pilates definitely has to be a part of it because i also don't think any other modal two modalities complement each other so yeah. well as pilates and yoga do mm -hmm. and what i just love about pilates too is just it's so versatile like you can make it as much of a workout as you want and it can be a complete physical therapy session as mm -hmm. well so you can truly tailor it to where you are in life what it is you need it for and, and I just think it's a beautiful practice. So I'm happy I definitely jumped on the Pilates bandwagon a long time ago. Yeah, me too, because I've taken some <laughs> of your classes and those are, you, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> those are great. Yes. I, I love that Pilates and yoga share that in common too, that mm -hmm. it can be as much of a workout or as restorative as you want it to be. Yes. And it you can take it. Those are two practices, I think, that as we as we age and we lose other modalities that we can't do. We're, I mean, you have the outliers that may be able to run at 70, but most people aren't going to be able to run at 70. Correct. The springs are just going to wear out. Yep. yep. <laughs> Eventually the body says no more. <laughs> and but Pilates and yoga, it can be as much of a workout or as much of a restorative healing therapeutic session. And I love that. Totally. And if you are like, no, I'm going to run at 70, know that yoga and Pilates will help you get that, huh? get right. there and achieve that if yep. that's what your goal is. A hundred percent. I want to talk about the teacher training process because I know you just finished leading a 200. Yes, our second 200 hour. Congratulations. For the studio, but I've been leading trainings now for, oh. I don't know, five, five years or so. And yeah. so I love it. I love that aspect of teaching. Everyone I know that comes out of one of your programs is, you used the word enamored earlier and I that's how they feel. When mm. I speak to new teachers that have come out of one of your programs, they're just completely enamored, not just with you as a leader, but the community, the studio, and the way that you teach. Because you have a very special way of teaching and leading. Honestly, I wish years ago I had when I got certified. Not that who and where I got certified to teach was was any less, but it was just different. I think you mm -hmm. and I share very similar styles, very similar vocabulary, mm -hmm. and just the way that we the way that we lead. So with these teacher training programs, there are people who join these teacher training programs for mostly two reasons. One, because they want to become a teacher. Right. Or two, because they want to be in that container, in that bubble of transformation. Because these mm -hmm. teacher training programs can do that, right? Correct. They can be such a beautiful, special place that you go in and you're in it for whatever the length is, five weeks, three months, six months, whatever it is. And there are huge shifts that people go through. Major. Major shifts. The trainings that you led, because like you said, you've led a ton mm -hmm. already. What are some big transformations that you've seen or maybe some of the some of those shifts that your students have been through? Right off the bat, I can think of, you know, it's repaired certain people's relationships with their parents, mm. like not having talked to their parents in years. And now they're talking to their parents on a daily basis. I've seen other people, even in, within our own staff, you know, they started off as a front desk person like literally petrified to even answer the phone, like hoping that on their shift, the phone doesn't ring and that people don't ask too hard of questions. To now literally they're blossoming, theming in class, teaching, like landing powerfully in their voice. And like, just to see like that Finding unfold is like incredible. Yeah. And just seeing people just really, you know, finally taking ownership of their life, like stop doing the things that they think they should be doing. You know, it encourages them maybe to, ask for what they need in their current job or leave their job knowing that they truly want to teach. Um, it just helps people get in alignment with like their true purpose and like where they want to head in life. And I know I felt that too when I did mine. I felt like I found, you also came from the world of, of training. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did too prior to becoming a yoga teacher. And although I had that voice because as a trainer, you have to have a sense of voice and authority mm -hmm. in order to lead those sessions, but it felt very different in the yoga world. It felt like I didn't know how to deliver in a soft way. And well, I feel like you don't, I don't feel like you have to tailor that too much. I did have to adjust. Like I, you know, my feedback early on in being a yoga instructor is people were like, don't teach it like you do Pilates. So I did, you do have to make a shift, but I do feel like, you know, what's empowered. I feel like what people, the feedback I've received where people feel empowered in my classes is that, you know, I'm kind of like a little bit of a cheerleader for them or, yeah. You know, I'm like, I know you can do this. So bend your arms, lift your leg and do it. And I kind of <laughs> just like make them almost like a trainer, but without like the yelling and getting in their face and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you can still be authoritative. And then, of course, towards the end, when you are cooling down, I do soften. Yeah. And when I am delivering a theme, I do soften. So that has been interesting to find my voice within that realm and not teaching yoga how I teach everything else. Mm. 
and keeping that differentiation. One of the things I love about you as a teacher is that you have this in your classes, you have this, you have this beautiful cadence when you mm -hmm. teach. So like you said, you're very good with the way that you deliver. You don't over deliver cues. You're very methodical mm -hmm. in the way that you program your classes. And the cadence at which you take people, it never feels like we're moving too quickly or like we're stuttering too slow, mm -hmm. which is challenging to find. It is. I often say it's like move the practice forward. And so it's like the teacher's in control of the pacing of the class. And it is a fine game because you want to make sure you give space, one, for your words to land. Mm -hmm. And if you are having people work into a transition or a special variation, you want to give them the time to actually try to do it. But then you also want to move the practice forward, keeping in mind everything you know you want to get done. Yeah. So that yeah. people leave feeling complete. Your specific program, what, talk to us a little bit for people who may be interested that may be in the city of Miami or maybe coming here. What is your specific, your 200 hour offer? Take me through. Well, you will, of course, learn about yoga, mm -hmm. but that's not all you will learn. <laughs> so, I didn't think so. <laughs> it's so funny because when I first did step into my first yoga teacher training, by now I had done a Zumba, a Pilates, a personal training, and a bar certification. So That's I had amazing. pretty much like the layout pretty much was all the same between all of them. Like this is what you're, we're teaching you. Mm -hmm. You have to learn it. This is the why some anatomy stuff. Okay. Now practice teaching it and boom, you're certified type right. thing for the most part. Give or take a few details here and there. But yoga, I remember the first time in the first weekend of my teacher training and I'm like, why am I crying and, <laughs> and journaling on my yeah. feelings? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cried a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I cried a lot. But it's, you know, that's where the transformation happens though, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's not just, cause you know, yoga is such a, it's not just about the physical practice. It's the whole journey behind it. It's about, you know, you're mad as a mirror looking back into you and showing you like who you are, who, how you show up and all of that. So I feel like in order for teachers to powerfully do that for students, they need to get clear themselves. So you do a lot of personal development work, but that's where, you know, people have rekindled relationships with their parents that yeah. they didn't have before. That's where people start to find their voice and set boundaries with certain people in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's where you just get real clear on your own shit. I hope we can cuss here a little bit. Yeah, we can cuss here okay, a little great. bit. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that's where you just <laughs> get real clear yeah, yeah, in your yeah. own shit, yeah. you know, and how you're just showing up inauthentically so that you can get mm -hmm. to an authentic place so that when you go to t talk to this kind of stuff in your yoga classes, yeah. it actually lands. And it comes off as real. Mm. Um, so you will get that. You'll get all the anatomy and physiology. We do go over injuries. I do feel like that's something that's lacking major in the yoga world. Not enough yoga teachers know enough about the human body and know anything about injuries. And it's not their fault. The trainings are just not offering that. They're just grazing over the anatomy and physiology and not really leaving people with stuff to really work with there. So we do go over injuries, how to answer student questions about what they should or shouldn't be doing. And uh, yoga history and philosophy, of course, you know, whether that's like what attracted to you to yoga or not, I think is definitely important to know the background and how this all grew to where it is today. Mm -hmm. We go over how to theme, how to even lead a meditation. Mm -hmm. You will do some goal setting, some visionary stuff, a lot of journaling, a lot of digging deep, how to assist, hands-on assist, which is a big one for me too. How to notice the common defaults in people's bodies for different poses. Um, and how to practice teach. We have, you know, a bunch of different teaching tools that we teach them throughout the time. And then there's a whole weekend devoted to just practice teaching. We literally, they do rounds and rounds of practice teaching, incorporating all of these tools. And it's just, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, and that's pretty much like the gist of it. A lot of leadership stuff. We do some leadership content and some content around fear, presence, all of that stuff. So just a little bit of everything to give you a well-rounded so that if you do want to become a teacher, you're set up for success. But also if you just want to expand on your own journey in life, you also have enough there to aid that as well. One of the things that set me apart at the beginning was the fact that I had a lot of training and I put in a lot of hours into corrective exercise and understanding I had worked a lot with physical therapists. I had kind of shadowed and, and, and really dug into anatomy, physiology, movement, postural alignment, all that stuff. And that stuff we don't most trainings don't, most yoga teacher trainings mm -hmm. don't cover. And I think one, it's wonderful that you added that in there because speaking to teachers who are newly certified, where they struggle or feel like they're not confident, a lot of times, whether it's in a class setting or in a one-on-one, -on -one, is there's 
a client might come to them and say like, my low back is hurting and they have no idea what to do with that information. They don't even know where to start. They're like, mm-hmm. what do I look like? Do, do I, do, am I supposed to look at an MRI? Like what? Do, they yeah. have no idea what to do. Right. Teacher trainings don't teach that. Mm-mm. Most of them don't. Right. So I think it's amazing. And that's one of the things that really sets your program apart. And that I love and value so much about it is that I feel like the teachers that come out of there, the ones that I speak to are so prepared to yes. take a class, to lead a class or work with someone privately one-on-one. And also have the materials to refer back to, you know, like I also, you know, nothing annoys me more than not getting like a really good tangible like manual when I do trainings that like doesn't really like aid, you know, the kind of just like, again, very bland and very like basic. So like Like three paragraphs, their (laughs) manual is like in a huge, thick three ring binder and it's like big tons of information. So they have, because the thing about anatomy too, is if you don't use it, you lose it. hundred percent. And so I always tell them, I'm like, one time someone will ask you a question, you won't know how to answer. You'll go refer to your notes. You'll answer it and I promise you, you'll remember for forever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. Let's say I'm a yoga teacher. I just finished your training or any training. What's some advice you can give new teachers on how they can begin to find the confidence to teach because it takes a little while, it mm-hmm. takes some practice, the confidence to teach. And also the thing that you and the teachers in your studio have done so well is build a community. I don't know if it's something you cover in your program or if it's something that's kind of covered as a culture in your studio, mm-hmm. but everybody in your studio does this really well, mm-hmm. really well, <laughs> seriously, really well. And I know it starts with you cause you did this from other studios mm-hmm. you've been at and you kind of brought it home here, but yeah, what advice can you give some yoga teachers or maybe some tips on how they can begin to to do that? Honestly, just rip off the Band-Aid and do it. Mm-hmm. And just <laughs> teach as much as you can. If it truly petrifies you that much, although I will say by the end of a teacher training, you would, should have some level more of confidence that you should be okay with teaching anyone. But if you're still that uneasy, friends, family, get them c- to commit to a time and a place and just yeah. practice, practice your fellow trainees that you just did the training with. You know what? I feel like I still need more practice teaching. Can do a few of you mind being my students and right. then you'll get great feedback. And also, by the way, teaching your family and friends that don't practice yoga is a great practice for you as a teacher to have people that don't know yoga. Oh, yeah. Don't know what things are called and to have to like go th- down that road and have all sorts of aches and pains and issues. Exactly. Of their own and- that is a great learning and a great practice, even though it may seem frustrating at first. You know, if there's a studio that you wanted to work at, you know, if you happen to do that training with them, let them know right away that you're interested. Start Mm -hmm. that process. You could start a community yoga class in your local park. All of these things, what I'm going to say, though, what matters about building something is it's got to be consistent and within integrity. So if you say that you're every Thursday, you're offering a park yoga class at 6 p.m., then you best be there. Be there. (laughs) At 6 p.m. every Thursday and don't start canceling for a girl's dinner or for a date, or for this, like commit to what you can stick to. And that's how you will build it. I would say over my career with all of my clients, that is probably why I still have clients that have been with me for seven to eight years, Mm -hmm. is because they know what to expect. They know I can count on me, it's gonna run on time, I'm not going to waste their time. Yeah. I'm going to deliver on what it is they hired me for. And consistency in the service you're delivering. Integrity. Yes. You know, like don't bring on a client on Saturdays if you know you have five trips planned. Like say, you know what, just see, or be fr- upfront. I have these five trips planned. Is there another day of the week that we're going to yeah. be able to move to make sure it works? I just want you to know ahead of time. Right. All of those things go a long way. It just has to come with like professionalism, you know, like mm. even though you're a yoga teacher, You may be a crazy hippie and that's great. (laughs) And you're still operating in a world. You're still providing a service and expecting to get paid for that service. So then you do have to provide a certain level of professionalism and that will take you so far and just be in integrity with your word and what you say and what you offer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think those, their yoga teachers somewhere fall along that spectrum. And and I think naturally, like you said, we're just kind of hippie flighty, just want to pack a bag and take off to Bali tomorrow. But I've seen so many teachers do that and there's nothing wrong with that, no. but they take off the whole summer and you know, it's, you can't come back and expect yeah, everyone to, to go back to the regular schedule. Like if nothing, people move on, they do right. their own thing. So just things to keep in mind. Yeah. I remember practicing a ton at the beginning when I first got certified, I would do that. I was doing park yoga mm-hmm. sessions, whether it was by donation or I was charging free for friends and family. I was just teaching probably mm-hmm. fi- like four or five classes a week 
where I was just trying to learn. And I wasn't getting paid for it. I was like, I just want to, I'm just trying to figure out how to do this because mm -hmm. I'm going to be embarrassed if I step into the studio and try to do yeah, this. Yeah, and that may be a good way also because I know new teachers sometimes don't love to charge right away or they're very like, what do I charge? Yeah. So that that could be something like for this month only, I'm an, I just got, you know, just graduated for this month only, all my classes are free. Mm -hmm. I would love mm -hmm. your feedback, you know, something like that. And then you can yeah. start making a donation base and then progress to actually, oops, oops. <laughs> then progress to actually charging a certain amount. Yeah. Like there's different ways to go about it where you could feel comfortable and also feel like, you know, you're giving people a, a good value. Yeah. And another great tool, you know, if you're still questioning yourself as teacher and how you're showing up and how you sound is record yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Record yourself teaching. That's a great tool. Take your own class. How did mm. that feel? How did those words that you use land in your own body? Yeah. How did the pacing work? The sequence of poses, all of that, you know, the level of difficulty, if that's what you're going, if you're going for a power class and that's what you're trying to deliver, how was the level of difficulty? I used to do that too. I used to voice record myself. You mentioned a couple of times, like working, working with athletes, working privately, the integrity, showing up, being consistent. I've seen you throughout the years consistently build not just the community that we spoke about in your studio and with people practicing in the city of Mamios locals. We, we love you. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, we love you. But you've also built, kind of taken that same framework into the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. And you've built a really beautiful, strong program there. Mm -hmm. Take me a little through how that happened for you. Like, How was the introduction into that environment what made you want to continue stick around and how did you build out that program because it's an, it's incredible that you're working with the school and with so many teams teaching yoga where i know you know but to go team were, collegiate no. teams were not doing yoga well, it's still <laughs> and it's still hard to yeah. get them to see it i'll say my challenge still and i'll get to how i got there mm -hmm. is still getting them to see that it needs to be consistent you know what I mean? Like yeah. they still will, you know, maybe have me come in and do four sessions, which anything's better than nothing. But yeah. we all know that and you wouldn't just go to the gym four times and expect to have yeah. whatever it is you're looking for. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, so you might come home a little swole for like a day or two, yeah, yeah, but then yeah. you're going to. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> so that's still a challenge. But it started because an old studio that I was working at, the then owner had graduated from the University of Miami from the School of Department of Physiology and Kinesiology. And mm -hmm. so she had reconnected with an old professor. They wanted to do a yoga study on athletes. So they were going to offer a summer A and a summer B course, call it Yoga for Athletes, a one credit course. It was going to be made up primarily of football players, but really anyone on campus could sign up for it. So I ended up having, I believe, a tennis player, one track person and the rest and one just a regular student that wasn't necessarily on any kind of team. And then the rest was football. And we would have to take them at the time I was teaching a journey into power sequence that was created by Baron Baptiste. And if you know anything about um, scientific studies, whatever it is that you're testing, the control, like what you're doing has to be completely consistent. It can't deviate. So we would teach them the same sequence. We would test them, do like a bunch of physical tests on them before and then do physical tests on them after. And we really didn't see do like stress tests, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Cool. Yeah. And movement, mobility, things, uh, flexibility, power. Was the study just with athletes or were yes. you like, cool. cool, just with athletes. And it was really inconclusive. And that opened my eyes to a lot of things because I also saw it started seeing a lot of things like two weeks in. I was like, these people do not need a power sequence at all, but I'm in a study and I can't really change it. So I had to just keep delivering. But that's when I first realized that. There was a need for something different. However, if you've also worked with athletes, you know that they their attention span and their hyperactivity is very, you know, challenging attention at span, times, hyperactivity. especially at the high school level, collegiate level, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I also knew that doing like even a at the straight, professional level too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them can be super rowdy. Yeah. So I also knew that doing something necessarily restorative was also not going to work because they would be bored out of their mind, and I would just be babysitting the whole time and trying to reel them in. It would just so I need I knew it, it needed to be something that kept them moving and engaged, but also a form of recovery because they're mm -hmm. doing plenty of working out and exercising. This did not need to feel like another exercise. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started creating my sequence and I have an active recovery. And now I do have a passive recovery because then in my experience too, in working with teams, sometimes I'd work with teams in the off season, like mm -hmm. while they're training and then during their season. And I realized even during their season, that active recovery sequence still was too much just because they were tapped out and they were just oh, exhausted. Yeah. So then I created a passive sequence still though. It moves, it's not a lot of stagnant holds and stretching. It is a constant kind of flow. It builds up on each other. 
to keep them engaged and keep them moving. And um, so that was like that first year. And then the second year, you know, when you teach a credit course, in case you don't know, oh, and by the way, it was supposed to be my boss who was supposed to teach it and I was supposed to be her assistant, but you need to be an education level above what you're teaching when you're teaching at the collegiate level and I have an MBA. So this is where the MBA comes into play, Amazing. finally. Yes. <laughs> my dad was the super MBA happy to in. get that call. I was like, it's it served its purpose. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that's where the MBA came into play. And I, I actually am the one that got to be the teacher and be go. adjunct faculty, which was super cool. But then the next year, you know, you have to give a midterm. Yeah. final i had to lecture about yoga that's amazing that you did yeah. all that no 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 it's professora chiapi yeah, prof professora chiapi that's what i'm gonna and put you as a title yes <laughs> and so the next year the football team was like you know we want it but mm. we don't want it as like a credit course we just want yoga by itself yeah. and then i had been on campus so then the track coach brought me on and then the tennis team brought me on and then it just started to build and i just started to see a need and again, it just happens to go with consistency. I think one of the best compliments I got from one of the coaches there is like, we can see and tell your passion. You know, I'm there when I say I'm going to be there. I'm very professional. I listen to what they request their needs are mm -hmm. and what they want to see. And I make sure I deliver on that. I'm very cautious of- feedback. You've said it like three times already. It's so huge. And I'm very cautious about also like we're not- yogis trying to teach yogis in this realm mm -hmm. of working with athletes you're just using yoga as a tool to help them recover mm -hmm. so i'm also very big on like not showing up with my yogi flair and looking like a crazy hippie i very i wear solid no print dark colored leggings no booty shorts you know i wear an myp muscle okay. tee don't show cleavage i'm not wearing my mala beads around my neck i'm not wearing <laughs> unicorns on my pants um, keep it very professional and streamlined <laughs> so that I'm taken seriously because I already know it's a stretch for them to have yoga. 100%. I already I already know I'm up against the wall here. So I'm doing everything I can do to make sure that I'm showing up very professional and that I take working with athletes serious. I'm so glad you brought this up because mm -hmm. where you have taken the lead and really exploded with teams, working with teams here in Miami, I was working one-on-one. -on -one. I'm really glad you brought up professionalism, attire, and the way that we physically show up mm -hmm. outside of everything else. Oh, yeah. In classes and in private, you know, corporate classes, recessions, and one-on-one. -on -one. The horror stories I would hear from some of the athletes that I would work with, uh, it was, it made me a little sad, not because the teachers who were showing up, I was pretty sure were capable and had the tools to teach them but no one ever kind of gave them that heads up where you're entering and you're working with a completely different world a different demographic and so the rules change a little bit when you step outside of the yoga studio totally yeah, they change a lot yeah no when i teach the athletes i don't even sound the same as i do in my studio like yeah. i do not say half the shit i say in my studio right. to the athletes it's very clear cut language mm -hmm. and like what i'm speaking to i use more i name the muscles more yeah and the body parts because that's what they, that's their language that's sure. what they're familiar with yeah yeah and i think it always boils down to and this is one of the things that separates really amazing incredible teachers from others who, who struggle not that they're bad teachers but they struggle is the reason the underlying purpose the reason we're we're engaging is to create a healing environment right mm -hmm. and in order to do that we have to make the modality of yoga and the practice accessible mm -hmm. so whoever it is that you're working with whatever their demographic background whatever it is that they do you have to make it accessible to them so if you bring the <laughs> the studio yoga out and into whatever world you're meeting them in. If it's their home, if it's on the football field, if it's in a, in a conference room, whatever it is, you have to shift and change. And I think a lot of yoga teachers aren't prepared or even aware. They're not even aware that they're doing it sometimes. They're just like, I'm just teaching yoga. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. you're in a corporate office right now. Totally. Maybe, also le totally maybe leave the mala beads at too. home. <laughs> yeah, also totally. And then that can shift, right? So you may not start off with a sound bowl or mala beads or essential oils. Like for instance, you know, yeah. UM tennis team, the girls team, I worked with them for like five years. By the time the fifth year came, we had such a relationship that they started just asking me about like, oh, by the way, do you have an oil? And I was like, oh, that's what, you know, they were all experiencing tight oh, necks yeah. and I had like a great oil that I could put on their neck that could relieve them. So I, but you know, I was after developing a relationship, a more open conversation. And they were now after being with yoga for so long, they were more open to those extra things.
you know they were that, that was but cool, always though. leading with like that professionalism but always leading with first like you know you're in a way you're you know you're always a business you know so you're still mm-hmm. selling them on why they need to keep hiring you back if you show up all yoga weird they're not going to keep you they're not going to keep you they're <laughs> no. not going to keep you at all and there will just be so <laughs> yeah. much of a disconnect from that Correct. first impression second impression third just impression. As, it just doesn't resonate with them it's out of their world completely yeah no I, yes <laughs> all right so for the yoga teachers who are thinking I've done my 200 hour, I'm finding my voice, I'm building out my community and potentially thinking about the 300 hour. Cause mm-hmm. I know you have a 300 hour that's coming yes, out. Yes, we just rolled it out now. When does that? It already can technically started. We already oh, okay. had our, so there's different modules you can take. Mm-hmm. And then next year we will roll out like actual hundred hour courses. So this year we're actually just rolling out like a bunch, uh, like call them the electives, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And so they're all weekend courses. They're all 20 to 25 hours. Mm-hmm. And they're basically now, if you want to hone in, like, you know, you start off as a basic yoga instructor, teaching in the park, teaching in the community or teaching at a studio. Now you realize, you know, I have a passion for working with prenatal students. Specialization. So specializations, exactly. Cool. So now you can take a training, that, which will be in the end of July, on prenatal yoga Mm. for your own knowledge if you want or to be able to work with pregnant women i'm going to offer my myp athletes one in the beginning of june again if you want to zone in on working with athletes you like this work you want to join the team or you just want to work with athletes in general you already notice that you have you know people are reaching out to you and you just want to know what you could do different with them you'll be able to restorative flow acro yoga kids yoga we're gonna have a kids yoga teacher training how to teach kids that's also a totally different ball game than how you would teach adults in general a bunch of different focal points and then the 100 hour courses will be a deep dive into the chakras not just where they're located and how to open them up but like everything that really goes behind them so you can kind of get clear on your energy centers and all of that and how to teach that Mm -hmm. also leadership which a lot of people are interested in now yes to incorporating yep 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 i did i did my own deep study of it during quarantine that was like one project i took on was really finally diving into it the energetics Um, yep and it was very interesting during quarantine (laughs) to do that i I cried a lot i don't know (laughs) if it was the right time in life to do it because i was extra sensitive yeah (laughs) i remember when teaching those classes my now husband would be like can't wait to welcome you home Because they're he would open up all kinds of things and <laughs> but it's, it's it's all good stuff and another hundred hour course on leadership like now cool. taking your leadership to the next level and what that looks like as teacher or just even as a human being in this world mm-hmm. and also then now for teaching like advanced teaching techniques so you know we've all had to learn how to teach virtually we've all had to learn being mic'd up how to engage your Zoom students. I th- something I see as a miss with a lot of teachers, how to really mirror your classes so that you don't confuse right and left. Like how to now prep for a community class. This happens to a lot of yoga teachers too. They're so used to teaching in the studio, so used to teaching in the studio. They get their first community gig. They try to teach how they teach in the studio and they can tell it's just like not landing. Like people are just not digging it. So like how to actually prep and prepare for teaching a community, what that looks like, all of that kind of stuff. So just a bunch of different extra avenues of being a teacher now outside of like your typical studio realm is mm-hmm. what we'll cover in that training as well. I love that. Again, mm-hmm. I wish you had done this like <laughs> six years ago. I, I would know, have taken sorry. every single one of them. It takes a lot of time to create content <laughs> in a training, at least well. Trust me, I wish it could be done faster, but it's, it's so much goes into it. You know, a lot of reading, a lot of research, yeah. deciding what it is, because there's so much out there too. You know, you can go so many avenues. Oh, and also advanced anatomy and physiology will be in that teaching one. That too. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's like really one. breaking down parts of the body way more than what you get in a 200 hour and still going over more injuries and what that looks like and stuff like that. A couple things I want to bounce off what you said there. I talk a lot about specializations and the importance of finding a specialization, a niche that you're going to grow in and develop. And like us, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the only one. You can move from one as you grow one and go to the other, like we have done mm-hmm. throughout the trajectory of our career. But I really talk about and I hone in on the importance of picking one and really learning it well mm-hmm. and, and growing within that for a period of time. These programs that you're offering now, that's what you're leaning towards. You're teaching the specializations. It's like you get the really thorough foundation with mm-hmm. the 200 hour mm-hmm. you teach you decide okay i've been teaching for a while i want to take the next step i want it i want to continue to increase the value my knowledge and that that wealth of wisdom that i have so that i can serve 
better and deeper and more people and more people Mm -hmm. yeah so is this something you kind of inspire your teachers to do is to really try to find a specialization to kind of move towards I err more on the side of more as much knowledge as possible Mm. I also am a big believer like you never know what you like or really what where your gift lies like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that athletes was going to be something, honestly, if it wasn't for that opportunity and me teaching, I wouldn't have really thought about it that way. Like I wouldn't have thought to make that even a niche. So the 300 hour can maybe open your eyes to that Mm. because you will still get all kinds of students in your class all the time. Like you, I still get a regular athlete in my power classes that it's not meant for active recovery all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? So you're still going to, I still have pregnant people that take our power classes all the time. That's not a specially designed prenatal class. I think that's something people are terrified of. They're like, if I specialize, if I find this one group that I'm going to serve and I dig deep, then I'm only going to work with them. Right. And I don't think it has to be that too. I've also, I say this in my 200 hour training when I'm going over the business of yoga, Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. And it, people continue to prove my next statement right. Mm-hmm. What is it? I'm ready for <laughs> There's it. There's very few things that I say I'm completely right. I am completely right when I say this. <laughs> that if you just teach one style of yoga only forever and ever, you're going to eventually hate yoga. You're not going to want to teach. You're going to get burnt out. And then you're going to use the, oh, I can't make a living off of yoga. No, you can make a living off of yoga. You're just not diversing yourself enough to make it make sense for you. Mm-hmm. So... I always tell my teachers, learn other modalities, Mm. either whether it's completely different fitness modalities altogether or learn how to teach different types of yoga so that you're varying your schedule up so that you're not sounding like a broken record. Because I will be very honest with you, I cannot teach more than one power yoga class in a day. I do not know how some teachers are doing three to five consistently week after week. I truly do not know. I don't either. So I, I, you know, I've been a big believer of, you know, Yes, it's great to eventually zero in. Like I did tell you, like I've taught Pilates, been a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. yoga, booty bar and Zumba (laughs) and taught ballet all at the same time. Right. So there came a time like, okay, I need to build my clientele. Once Mm -hmm. I started building my clientele, I started, you know, evaluating like what doesn't bring me joy. And that's when I realized, you know, I loved ballet as a dancer, but it is not my passion to teach small children. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get rid of that. It was literally wiping me out, you know. I've over the years learned to, you know, while I said yes to every client and took on everyone, I got to the point, I was like, all right, I have enough clients now. I no longer have to teach this person that robs me of my will to live, you know, or that you're going to get those or that's super inconsistent, doesn't value my time mm-hmm. or my worth, always gives me a hard time about payment or is always yeah. late or always canceling at the last minute. Like I, I no longer need, like I no longer have those clients in my life at all anymore. You know, and so <sighs> I do believe in like, you know, test the waters. You never see where it's going to lead. You never see, never know what you're going to like. I see more and more yoga instructors taking Pilates courses because yeah. they just see the compliment. They feel it in their own body, their practice. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a big believer. Diversify yourself. And yes, you will be able to make a living off of this and you won't get sick and tired of doing it. Amen. It's so doable. And I think people get really, yoga teachers get really intimidated because they don't have the tools, but there's the tools are there, the resources mm-hmm. are there, and they just have to find the group that they can learn with and really begin to diversify. I love what you said about taking on as many different, learning as many different modalities as you can. Mm-hmm. That makes you so unique and special. Of course. Yes, and it gives you tools from that are outside of the world of yoga that now you can bring into the world of yoga that make you an even more profound healer, a teacher, mm-hmm. a leader. As a teacher, one of the things that happens often is we we get burned out and mm-hmm. we lose our practice. Mm. So whether we're teaching classes or we're teaching, you know, three, four private sessions in a day, whatever it is, when it comes down to us sitting on the mat it seems like sometimes the most daunting thing we can do. It's like, I don't, I've been moving on my mat for five hours or four hours with people today. I don't have the energy. I just want to sit here and not move my jaw (laughs) 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 and and just lay for a moment because I need to recharge. And we talked about this at lunch recently. Mm -hmm. The importance as a teacher of continuing to develop that connection with our bodies that connection as students Mm. how good it feels to be a student again and not just be stuck in the role as a teacher totally and I feel like uh, a lot of fitness instructors in general have a almost a they tend to be obsessed with taking trainings Mm -hmm. because that's where you get to be the student again Mm -hmm. so that's where like if you (laughs) ever feeling like you're burnt out like you have you're lacking inspiration like take a weekend workshop Mm -hmm. take a few hours of a workshop like do one of those things that those little things can always ignite 
cre- uh, creativity and inspiration yeah. for that. And absolutely, we all make the mistake. We book our schedule, we book our schedule. What ends up happening is, you know, you book clients and classes and they're all at the same times more or less. Mm-hmm. So when it comes time that you're free, there's no classes to take, which happens. Yeah. So evaluate your schedule. I evaluate your schedule and plan it. Just how you plan your teaching schedule, plan your getting on your mat schedule, yeah. your workout schedule. And then that way you stick to it, right? And then if you know it's a day that you have most of your clients and you know you're on the mood for that, so then maybe that's not what you do as your physical fitness activity. Yeah. Choose something else. But plan it out and definitely be mindful of that as you start to book your schedule and book your schedule. Like if you know there's a class that you absolutely love taking, you love the teacher, you love the style, whatever it is that you love about it, then keep that. Like keep that then. It's okay. And it doesn't, yeah, maybe it looks like you don't honor that for five days a week. Maybe it looks like you honor that for two. So that way you can build your business and build your clientele and not always tell people that you're not available, but keep whatever's the most sacred to you. Keep that sacred. Yeah. I know in different moments of my life, I've been able to, it's been challenging to stay consistent with, especially because there have been periods where I've been teaching at studios and then, you know, six months where I wasn't teaching at a studio. And so just not being in the space, I would fall into a rut where I felt uninspired. I try to tell everyone, if you're going to fill up your schedule with private sessions, like I have in corporate sessions, at least teach one studio class a week. Mm -hmm. Just get into... It's just a totally different vibe. It's a very different vibe. And it helps to keep you connected as a teacher, as a leader in the community. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by people. There is just a different energy when you're in that space amongst other yoga teachers. And Mm -hmm. you feel what you said, inspired. Yeah, I know I felt it multiple times. Yeah, no, and I love teaching or taking other people's classes too all the time. And Mm -hmm. even outside the studio, it just gives you a different realm, a different viewpoint, uh, different ideas. Mm -hmm. And that can also spark your creativity and inspiration again too. So... As the world has shifted this last year, you've had to make some shifts as a yoga studio owner. Mm -hmm. You were one of the first, if not probably the first studio that Mm -hmm. I saw, because we were stuck at home. So on the internet, I saw on Instagram, you guys shifted almost immediately onto an online studio. We We did. It seemed like it was like, all right, everything shut down on, I don't know, March 18th, 19th, whatever it was. And like the next day you guys were offering streaming services, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I know. It because is. no other studio in Miami was doing that. Mm-hmm. At least not to my knowledge that I saw. How did you do that? How did you develop that? How has that process been for you? Because now as a city and we're one of the few cities that are fully, you know, open and, but there's a lot of people around the world who don't have that luxury who are still struggling. And I think you could have some really good advice to give maybe other yoga studio owners or even yoga teachers who need to move into that digital space and stream. Right. Drop resistance. I'll say that on number one, I, just so you know, before this past year, my relationship with technology was very bad. (laughs) We don't get along. I still use a paper planner. We, we are just not friends. And I use my phone for its basic functions. I don't even know why I have an iPhone. I should honestly just have a regular phone because I don't even use it for all of the things it's capable of doing. Like a baby computer. And there. so, but we had to make a shift. And the thing with doing it so fast, well, two things went down. One, to be fair, we were already talking about doing this because we had students that were asking for it because we've already had some students that had moved away and couldn't find any yoga studios that they liked in the new city that they were in. We have other students that are seasonal students and leave to their other home for the entire summer. And again, wanted to just take our classes. And then we have people that travel for work that instead of wasting time finding a studio and going and taking class and not knowing what they're gonna get, they would rather just stay in their hotel room, know what they're gonna get, know they're gonna be happy at the end of it and be done with it. So the week prior, was when we send our manager to do research and the week we had to shut down, she was supposed to show us her research. And we basically told her, you pick what you think is best. Tell us what you need from us. And it was Monday of that week that we knew we had to close. And Wednesday was the week we, Wednesday was the day we actually had to close. So on that Monday and Tuesday, we just started recording every single class within our studio. And then the minute- I was so blown away at the timing of that. And then the minute we closed, we had already had the teachers on a schedule to come in and film. Wild. On like a clock, like clockwork. Like I remember you guys boom, were posting boom, boom, it on boom, your boom, story. Boom, and you boom, just boom, had... boom. Like who wants to be this person's student? Who wants to teach this type of class? This is what we need, this layout, so that we have enough now in the library to offer people. And the second part to that, the key was going so fast is you want to keep, you don't want there to be any lag time. Because if you let so much time in between that shift, 
people have already figured stuff out. Mm. They have already figured out another way to do it or to get their exercise in. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to keep the, the momentum of keeping people keeping their yoga practice consistent. Then we got the feedback that people, you know, one of the best things we love about yoga is the community feeling. Mm -hmm. So then that's where all the live streams and the doing it on Zoom, like people loved knowing that they were doing it with other people, you know, that as opposed to just a class they were pulling up like on correct. YouTube. Yeah, correct. So that's honestly, we it was lucky because we had already done the preliminary research and dropping attachment to it looking pretty. You know, I heard, I think it was Jason Crandall that said like, you know, like we're all in the same boat right now. So like, don't worry that this doesn't look like the most professional setup you've ever seen. Like everyone's doing it from their living room. Do your best mm -hmm. to make it as professional and clean and nice as possible. And you start learning a lot. We've changed, we've gone through six different mics. We've played with the lighting, the positioning of the iPad. We've now even changed platforms. Now we're on Namastream, you know, which we really like. It's much prettier, user-friendly, and we just like that much better. Then we started just, you know, adding stuff. You know, we started realizing also when it's virtual, people don't necessarily love a whole hour yoga class. People love 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, because, okay. you know, it's just like yoga, you know, it just, they felt like it was just a little too much at home. And also to find like the quietness and stuff like that, it was just oh, more yeah. helpful if it was shorter. Yeah. And then we just started to add specialty stuff. We have now prenatal videos up there. And so just little by little, like be with any process, just be patient with it. But just, you know, know that this isn't going anywhere. Like it's going to stay virtual. What I mean, nothing ever oh, wow. will rob the experience of being in an in-studio class. However, know that like the world is virtual forever now. Mm -hmm. So if you definitely want to have a leg up in this market, definitely consider switching your relationship to virtual technology, whatever it is. And definitely do it and just be patient with your process with it. I agree. I think no matter what, how we move forward, people are going to yes. And as certain cities open back up, they are going to start frequenting their yoga studios again. But people are very comfortable mm -hmm. with taking some of my private sessions I that I used to see three or four times a week. I now see twice digitally and twice in person because they like it. Yep. Same. And it just works better for their schedule. Yeah, they love great. the option now. They had a, that's another big compliment. They had no idea that it could be this good virtually. And now yeah. I have some clients that do both. And yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it good for you because now you can have versatility too. you can maybe go out of town and still see that private client. It's just mm -hmm. an hour. It's virtual and could never do that before. Never could do that before. And you would just cancel them or sub it out to someone else. And Even now, if you offered it, they weren't interested. Right. And we now, could do it online. now yeah. it's way more acceptable. So I definitely I definitely think it's a great opportunity yeah. for all teachers to step into. How are you running that now moving forward? Are you doing, it's, is it all live stream classes? No, we also still have some pre-recorded. Okay. We have less than the amount of that pre-recorded that we load, but we still do. We still have a pretty steady schedule going of those, cool. um, but they're pretty much all live stream. But then we upload the live stream classes too. So you still have access to those live stream ones also. You can go back and play Correct. them. One last question with that. Where can, let's say someone's watching this and they're not in Miami and they want to practice. How can they find your classes? CasaVinyasaMiami.com. Just click on virtual studio and it'll guide you right where you need to go. Amazing. Amazing. Yep. It's pretty simple. I think I asked for myself, but <laughs> <laughs> we have like a 24 hour pass, a week pass, and then a monthly membership. Awesome. Awesome. That's yep. incredible. Congratulations on what you've been able thank to build you. there. Thank that's, you. Thank you. It's huge. my team too. They were all about it too. You know, and in the beginning, you know, everybody was heightened and not really knowing about this virus and nervous and they were all willing. We even told them like, you're going to have to be able to be okay with coming in here yourself. Mm -hmm. We had a cleaning protocol in place. You're going to have to set up the iPad yourself, the microphone yourself, the whole record thing. yourself, yeah. like the whole thing. They had to be okay with it because they're- And that was, was scary a, back in April. It was because yeah. so, there was a period, you know, where nobody didn't want to make any contact and keep it separate. Mm -hmm. We had an hour and a half window in between when people were there to like air out the room. Like it was a whole system we had in place, but they were willing and able. And it's honestly because of our whole staff, because Mel and I, for sure, my business partner could not have recorded that many videos ourselves. Yeah. I think it's, I think again, it goes back to, that's a reflection of the way that, that you lead and the way that you show up for everyone that you work with your entire community at large and the way that people respond to that. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. What do you have coming up in the pipeline? I know you mentioned the 300. Is there anything else that you have that you want anyone who's watching or listening to know about? What do you have coming up this year? Besides the 300 hour, you know, my MYP athletes also has an online portal too. Mm -hmm. We have Pilates coming soon with that, which I'm really excited. So I have, I'm in the creation now of creating like a Pilates active recovery system also, and have mindfulness stuff, breathing, yoga. And what I love about it is it's all different lengths of classes, 
Um, it appeals to all different kinds of sports mm -hmm. and also like body focus. Like if you just want a class, it's hips or about shoulders or hamstrings and stuff like that. This so is for the Pilates? This is for MYP, MYP. athletes in general. And um, honestly, the training is really takes up the majority yeah. of my time. So still working on that, still, you know, creating our vision of the 300 hour and basically just in teaching. And the 300 hour is rolling out. Is it like one module coming out or how yep. is that working? So like we have another one, Acro Yoga is now at the end of the, this month, the following month. Well, in May, I'm not sure. I don't, May, we don't have anything, but in, in June will be the NYP athletes one. Mm -hmm. um, and then in July will be the prenatal one. So we have kind of, and then we'll repeat them every year. So where you see them throughout the year and that'll be pretty Again, much the, the same year. the next year. I want to thank you so much. This has been such a thing. You know, the only thing that was missing from this conversation, I kind of wish we had like little cafecitos here. Like, oh, I yeah. Didn't, <laughs> that I failed. Would be great. I failed. The next time I, we do this, we're going to bring some little cafecitos. I'm most likely going to go get a cafecito right now. Anyways. <laughs> I'll join you. <laughs> no, but thank you for is... having me too. I definitely respect you in the industry and it's been mm. great to have you a colleague for so many years now. I, I don't even know how many years it's been. So it's nice. It's been a while. It's it has been, been a while. Yeah, it's been, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah, which is yeah. nice to see too. It's been nice to see, you know, I feel like without sub, you know, subconsciously, it's like the community has formed of like teachers just like know of each other and respect each other and bounce ideas off each other. So that's yeah. nice. If you're like me and thousands of other yoga entrepreneurs, you probably find invoicing tiresome. It takes time and it leads to an even more tiresome task, chasing down clients for payment. The free invoice templates from FreshBooks have really helped me stay organized and they're quick and simple to fill out. They also help me clearly communicate how and when I want to be paid. I love being able to download FreshBooks free invoice templates in formats like Word, Excel, PDF, Google Docs, and Google Sheets, and then I get to customize them however I like. You can find tons of examples in their free invoice template gallery. As a special gift to Yoga Biz Academy listeners, you can use FreshBooks free for 30 days. Just go to yogabizacademy.com backslash FreshBooks to access your free 30-day trial today. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash F-R-E-S-H-B-O-O-K-S. FreshBooks, easy to use account software built for small businesses. Are you struggling to earn enough income as a yoga instructor? Do you wanna build a more profitable yoga business? Do you want higher paying yoga clients? If any of those are true for you, then check out my free course, Niche Me Down, how to find and service your ideal yoga community. In this free course, you're gonna learn exactly how to show up online, what to offer, and how to communicate to your ideal student or private client so that they instantly feel a connection with you. You'll also learn how to figure out your authentic and aligned niche audience so that you can earn your ideal student's trust. I want you to walk away knowing how to provide value every day to the people you work with so that selling feels authentic and worthy. Sign up for this free video course at yogabizacademy.com backslash niche. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash niche.